From Triple J, it's the Take 5 podcast. The people you love play five songs they love and tell you why. Welcome back. I'm Zanro, and every week I invite someone great in to pick five songs around a particular theme. Music soundtracks our life and often triggers memories and moments that change the course of our lives for the better. I want to take you back to 2012 on this episode when a legend of American pop punk came in to co-host. Tom DeLong is a founding member of Blink-182. Their music has soundtracked so many lives and influenced so many other bands. And Tom has spread his wings too. In fact, his trip to Australia in that year was with his other band, Angels and Airwaves, who were playing the Soundwave Festival. He's a guy that loves to talk and loves to talk about music. So I gave him the theme, The Five People That Changed His Life. His first choice was U2, The Streets Have No Name. And I asked him if Bono had changed his life. Well, I, what happened was, is the first band that was my favorite band was uh, sixth, seventh grade for me, and it was U2. And uh, it, was my, it was the first, my first introduction to having a favorite band as a kid. But then I got really into punk rock, and I forgot about them the very next year. I got so into punk that monopolized anything about my life, <laughs> everything about my life, until Blink broke up. And when Blink broke up, I found myself needing to kind of start from square one again and become a different person. I didn't want to be Tom from Blink. I, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to know who Tom was. And so I, I, uh, I started studying all these great bands that were timeless to me and timeless, it seemed like, to the rest of the world, at least with an alternative rock. And, and you 2 kind of came back on my plate and I started looking, like, got really into them and I started studying and reading. And I go, wow, now I remember why I loved them so much so far long ago. And it really gave me something to shoot for. You know, it gave me the, the diversity, uh, the post-punk kind of, uh, mm. you know, ethos that they had, uh, their aspirations to, to do something that m- meant something. At times, when you get deeper into that band, the hum- humility they have within, they, they laugh at each other quite a bit, you know? And I, I, there's a lot of things about it that uh, helped direct me when I was uh, moving on with my musical career. So, in any case, I, I think that song is something that I've really took a lot of interest in as I started creating Angels and Airways. with Tom DeLonge. 
like this. <laughs> I like radio. You know, there's this uh, radio show in the United States called Coast to Coast AM. Mm. It's this. It's I think it's the second biggest radio show uh, syndicated nationally underneath. Uh, you know, like one other, and it's all night long. It's a four-hour radio show, and it's all about like UFOs, paranormal, conspiracy, strange stuff, or inventions. It's always really cool and different. And I, I was the guest on it for four hours um, a few weeks ago, and I, I was like, oh my god, I could do this. I could have a <laughs> microphone and just talk to like weird whistleblowers from like Area Fifty-One till like wee hours in the morning. It was awesome. And that's when those kind of people are awake as well. They're oh, staying up all night to watch for things. I know, me included. <laughs> yeah. Henry Rollins does a really good radio show in in LA on KCRW. Yeah, that's actually. what I, that's what I heard. Yeah, it's really fun. It's good to drive around on a Saturday night and hear him talk. He's also very good at talking. Uh, let's before we move on talk about that song. Why you chose it? We are talking about five people that changed your life Tom how did the cure change your life well uh, when I was in uh, junior high my brother started bringing home punk rock bands and I remember before I was into the punk rock bands uh, I was always just like oh you're only listening to that stuff because your friends are into it what are you doing I'm like oh it's so weird there's like skeletons on the artwork what are you <laughs> and then he brought home you know he started getting into the cure I always found it odd that that was like the one band that he that wasn't very punk but they were kind of on that threshold and and uh, I started realizing, well, these guys have really great songs. And so I, early on, my brother deemed it cool. So I always thought it was cool. And I paid more attention through the years. On the last Blink record, not the one we put out in November, but the last one, we did a song with Robert Smith. Oh, wow. And he's on there. And it's it's like the best song on the record. It sounds like it could have been off one of the records, Disintegration. It's like that kind of a vibe. And I uh, had the chance to meet him, had the chance to musically do something with him. And that pushed me into overdrive about being a cure fanatic i just think the diversity in his songwriting he, he brought this darkness in this torment and then would put uh he would f he put some colorful kind of twists on it that made it kind of romantic at times and uh, i just learned so much mm -hmm. so much uh, i you know i have so many songs i could tell you specifically in my career i'm all okay listen to this song and listen to this cure song and you'll kind of go know where i got these ideas from you know but uh, to this day i i still study uh what robert smith does because i just think that he's uh he's a f he's one of the few timeless alternative rock songwriters does that happen a lot where you're going back into your old collection records that you listened to in your formative years and still enjoying them, still taking cues from them with what you do today? I do uh, because I, I, I don't look at modern music. You know, modern music to me is, is more is, is fashion, you know, mm. it, it's yet to be proven, you know. <laughs> uh, I like things that have, are tried and true, you know, that have been tested for the past decades. Yeah. Uh, because it's not that it's commercially, you know, viable for decades. That's not the reason I get into it. I learned that there's certain songs that I just love that have been around for decades that I just kind of go, there's a reason why this song is speaking to millions of people still. Mm. And, uh, and that's how I um, get inspired to write songs because I hope one day I will touch on th that little bit of magic that, that happens with the bands that I love, you know, and it's that constant struggle and that constant journey is the only thing that keeps me going. It's kind of like when you play golf where golf just totally sucks, but every once in a while <laughs> you actually hit it good and that's enough to keep you keep going. Keep going, exactly. Yeah. Those two songs, I guess, soundtracking your formative years, getting into you 2 when you were kind of in sixth and seventh grade and then as a teenager getting into The Cure. You started playing music when you were a teenager, didn't you? You actually met uh, Mark and formed Blink-182 in its early incarnation when you were still in high school, right? Yeah, I, I got kicked out of high school, and I got sent to another high school, and I met Mark's sister, 
uh, she was dating my friend, uh, a guy that I go skateboarding with. Skateboarding was a big part of my life at the time. Mm. And, uh, and, and she's like, yeah, my brother's moving down here from whatever city and um, he plays bass guitars. Like, hey, I need a bass guitar player, you know? And that's how it all started. Wow. And still making music together now. That must be kind of freaky for you guys to have seen each other grow up together. Oh, I know. Have families. It's so strange. And the strangest thing, and we were saying it's our 20th anniversary for Blink, and even Angels and Airways has been around for seven years. And I just don't know how. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Like, I just, you know, there's so many times you feel like such a fraud. And you're like, how do, what do I know that other people don't know that let me still continue to do this? And I, I don't think there's much that I know. But I... I'm a, a decently clever guy. I'll figure my way out. But I just think there's so many great artists out there. And it's obviously so ultra competitive in the music industry when the music industry is in such a flux of change for the past decade. Mm. But yeah, I, I've been doing this a long time and I love it. And I'll I'll go to my grave with a guitar probably. Was there ever anything that you wanted to do before you started music? Was there that something at the end of that when I grow up sentence? Yeah, I was going to be a firefighter. Of course. I was like, uh, <laughs> I honestly, I, in high school, I was going, I was a cadet and I was going to be a firefighter, wow. right? And I'll go to fires. I had all of my gear, my car, and <laughs> I was really involved in that. And then they called me up one day at one of my jobs. When I was get out of high school, I worked at like this restaurant and they called me up because I missed something and they're like, yelling at me on the phone. It's very militaristic because it's very competitive to be a firefighter because it's great. You work a couple of days and you get a few days off. You get paid really well. Great and women benefits, love you. And women love you. I <laughs> noticed, do you see the trait here? Rock and roll, <laughs> fire. And, uh, and uh, I remember, like, I, I was after a while, I was like, I don't want to, like, do push-ups and all this stuff. This is, what are they yelling at me for? I'm like, so at that moment, I was like, ah, let's do something else. But I, that's, that's honestly, that was, like, the only other thing. It's weird. I don't, it's, no, what's weird is I just, I so don't believe in school. I just don't. Because it, it has, you just got to find what you love. And that's what school should teach you, kind of like, you know, how to read, you know, maybe mm. do a little bit of math. Other than that. Have, have, it should teach you how to find something you love because if you if you do what you love you'll be great at it and I think that's the biggest part is most people just don't know what they love I was fortunate enough to pick up a guitar and I was like oh. but if I didn't find that with like fighting fires why would I be fighting guns <laughs> you know like my god I almost like that'd be weird but both you know what's even creepier I just thought of this right now is both of those career paths involve sleeping with groups of men for long <laughs> periods of time you know so either way maybe that's what I was searching for we're heading um, back into the 80s. Actually, I think this is our oldest song we have. 1983, The Year, a stalker song by the police, Every Breath You Take. Tell us about why you chose this one. I remember being in a car and these girls were like, oh, they got this record, and uh, a police record of synchronicity. And I remember at that moment saying, man, I've been seeing this everywhere. What, what is it about this band? That's so They were like the biggest band in the world at the mm. time. It took me years after that to... To, uh, I mean, that would have made me seven, I guess, at that time, or eight years old at that time. Now I look back, it's like what they did was what I. If you notice this trait, we, even with the U two and the Cure and the Police, they were all punk rock bands that were too good just to be in that genre. Mm. And the Police were no different. I mean, they they were looked at. They they didn't fit in very well because you had these bands like the Clash and all these other ones happening, you know. And here's the Police; they're like doing jazz and like dub reggae beats and all these different stuff, you know. And but every breath you take, it's like it's a cool ballad, you know. It's somewhat about. I don't know. I always thought it was more about wanting to, you know, sneak in and have sex with some girl or something. I didn't, you know, you brought I got a cynical tech. Yeah, you, you you had a different route where like maybe someone was stalking him, but maybe I mean if he has sex for like ten hours at a time, I'm sure girls are stalking him. But uh, but I just think this is like a cool ballad. You know, it's like a sexy ballad, and it's like, uh, but it's done from uh, in, in a cool way. You know, and it's not it's hard to write a love song and have it be cool because uh, I've been trying it for years, and I don't know if I've landed it yet. 
This is Take 5 with Tom DeLong. Bad religion is that. That's a big one for me because uh, now you're into the time where I'm shaping my youth here, you know? <laughs> Formative years. I, when you when you were a punk rock kid and you listened to Bad Religion, you actually felt like you were rebelling against the government because he's so intelligent. His lyrics were so intelligent that, you know, I'm like 15, 16. I'm like, yeah, totally. Anarchy, you know? They were, they're incredible. And I we they, they did a whole tour. They opened for Blink. Blink had some really great bands that have played with us. And that whole tour, we got to shout at songs from the side of the stage. And then <laughs> Bad Religion would play those songs, like whatever ones we'd tell. It was oh, awesome. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it was really good. Like instant request. You mentioned that you don't listen to a lot of new music, that you're often listening to old stuff. But in terms of punk music and having that feeling of that you had with Bad Religion where you really felt like you were rebelling against the world... Do you think that still exists in punk? Can it still exist in 2012? Yeah, but it, it can ex- it exists with different styles of music now. And I think that um, that type of thing was very particular with punk rock music back in like the 80s and, mm. and into the 90s. But I think with the internet, it's really caused uh, so many different types of art to be able to express those certain ideas, you know, and and that's what's cool. There's not such a divide uh, between different types of music now as there used to be. There's just the punks and there's just the hip hop kids, and it's not like that anymore. And I and I, I think that's a really really good thing. And I think a lot of those ideals uh, need to be shaped for you when you're a young adult, when you're a teenager. I think that the idea of celebrating your individualism and finding how you can celebrate yourself by being different from everybody else and and not you know conforming to the status quo. That's what's important about punk rock ethos but those exist in so many different types of bands these days and and it's expressed in a much more artistic way and that's what i i enjoy do you feel like the stuff that you listened to and got inspired by as a teenager set you up for life yeah absolutely i think that uh when you listen to angels and airwaves you'll see these these large themes of love and war Mm. and just human emotion but they'll always have this foundation of kind of a punk rock angst in there. I can't get rid of that as, as hard as I've tried, you know, but, uh, but I don't want to, you know, I like to go on stage and, and play a bit harder than everybody else. And that's the cool thing about Angels and Airways. Like it's a very hard rock, loud experiment, but now it's, it's also very, very visual. And that's where I have a lot of fun with it. Tom, it's been so lovely to meet you in wow. Take 5 today. I love it when you guys say lovely. It really seems genuine. It you know? is. It's and genuine. It's just like a word you can't really... 
it's like it's hard to do it fake you know <laughs> we it's not it's not really in our vernacular in america at least in that form like out here it's always like lovely lovely like, like, that's nice we got we get a lot of slang from you guys though by the way oh good I what have s- you learned this time well it's not that i've learned anything new this time but no worries has made it straight <laughs> into i've seen my people use I've seen people use no worries in america and i've wondered if it's come from australia yeah yeah no oh absolutely yeah no america has got a few ones no worries is is the big one though for sure all right well hopefully you'll learn a few more bad abbreviations of the English language. We're good at that in Australia. <laughs> as you trek around, and it has truly been lovely to meet you, Thank um, you. and take five with five people that changed your life. Even more so lovely because you are going to finish off with one of my favorite bands. If we're talking about formative years, these are the guys that made me get into kind of more hardcore stuff when I was a teenager. Fugazi is where we're finishing. Repeated the record this came from. Why did you pick merchandise? How has this impacted on your life? Uh, Fugazi was the first punk band that was experimental in my youth, you know, from my perspective. And because Ian came from a band called Minor Threat, we just have to, by law, accept anything he does. You know, <laughs> so this was this that made all the punker kids like Fugazi and take a minute with it. Yeah. If he wasn't in Minor Threat, we probably would have just passed it right by and not given it the, the due chance. But uh, but they became a massive force to be reckoned with. And I, I always I have these dreams. See, Fugazi, obviously, everyone knows these stories. You know, this is a band that would not be tied to any corporation whatsoever. They will not play a show that's over five dollars and they will not make any merchandise whatsoever. That's why the song called merchandise. They don't even make T-shirts or anything, anything. They're so anti I'm so DIY. Mm. They, they're the too cool for school. They are the ones that created that. Right. So I used to daydream of what this band would be like with a giant light show. You know, <laughs> I was like, how cool would it be if these guys had like LED lights and video screens strobes, and yeah, just strobe lights and stuff. And it was to every part of the because the band was very very dynamic and very emotional all the emo words that people hear oh they're emo and and uh, trust me we all hate it but these guys are the ones that started that you know there's a guy like one of the guys in the band was in a band called ride of spring and mm. he was known his name was gee he, he was known as being the guy that kind of helped bring about that emotional sensibility to rock and roll in this form that later led to that word emo but but these guys obviously uh aren't really compared to those but we can ones. blame Fugazi for emo is that what you're saying I know I don't <laughs> want to say that because I'll probably get like killed They're probably, like I'm not I'm not defaming <laughs> the band I, I love Fugazi and we all have a very very common love for that band in Angels and Airwaves That's that would be one of the bands that we all say yes this is why we do music when we have the thing Fugazi with merchandise. A brilliant end to a charming Take 5 with Tom DeLong. Next time, we're sure to bounce when we Take 5 with this guy. Do die by a line when that flight touched down. Gold Coast producer, Paces. 
Taking Five with his turning points in music. Next time. Hey, this is Amy Shark. This is Joshua Hami. Hey guys, Kate McCarthy here, Taking Five. Hey, this is Royal Blood. This is Kuchka. Hey, this is Sam. And this is Sarah. And today we're Taking Five. Hey, this is George Maple. Hi, this is Such City. This is Rosie Waterland, and I'm Taking Five with Sam. The Take Five Podcast. The people you love play five songs they love and tell you why.